Welcome to 15 Minutes to Wellness by the American Council on Exercise. I'm Dr. Michael Mantell, uh, the ACE Senior Fitness Consultant for Behavioral Sciences and your host for this series. My goal today and for every podcast in the series is to discuss some small steps you can take to help you better your life and find happiness through health. In each broadcast in the series, I'll interview a new health and fitness expert. I also want to welcome our AARP Decide, Create, Chair listeners and the hundreds of thousands of folks searching for positive ways to make fitness and nutrition a part of their daily hectic, busy, tight, and budgeted lives. I'm especially happy to welcome our very special guest, Dr. Natalie Degatti-Muth. Dr. Natalie is an MD, a pediatrician, holds a master's degree in public health, is a registered dietitian, is a certified fitness instructor and ACE certified health coach, author of Eat Your Vegetables and Other Mistakes Parents Make, and serves as Healthcare Solutions Director for ACE. Natalie, good to have you. Thank you, Michael. It's a pleasure to be here. Natalie, um, I'm going to start by uh, making this as real and personal as we can. Uh-oh. So I hear uh, that you've been involved with ACE since you were a teenager. How did that happen? You know, Michael, that's very true. Well, since you asked, so we'll go back. You know, as, as a child myself, I really struggled with um, childhood obesity. And I was actually a pretty overweight kid. And over the course of really trying to, to change my own kind of behaviors and my lifestyles, with the help of my mom, um, we decided together, she was also struggling with her weight, to um, go to a personal trainer who helped us actually hike the Grand Canyon. And when working with this personal trainer, who happened to be a certified personal trainer, I got really into fitness and I caught the bug. And you were how, and how old were you? I was, um, so I was 17 when we did that trip and I had to wait until I was 18 to get certified because that's the rules. So I actually, you know, right around, I think it was a couple months after my 18th birthday, I, I, got, I became an A certified group fitness instructor and was able to uh, teach at the local gym where I lived. And then I went off to UCLA for college after that and then became very involved with UCLA's uh, fitness program and personal training. And My all goodness. That. And then on yep. to medical school. You know, I caught the bug and it just really wanted, I really wanted to be able to be impactful in helping people to live their healthiest lives. So I felt like the, the whole process I went through really helped to set me up to be able to do that. Now, today's topic is called Kaizen, K-A-I-Z-E-N. And from the work that I do with companies, I know that it's a term that's borrowed from Japanese management. Uh, and it roughly translates to continuous, slow improvement. Sort of the way you took that mountain, and in, in terms of your own life, you've been continuously improving. So um, it's obviously an ideal approach to improve one's personal workflow. But what's the idea of Kaizen as you see it in terms of applying to behavior change in relationship to fitness and nutrition? So the first thing is, you know, you want to identify your ideal so when you're starting off with your behavior change, you know, you're thinking about, okay, what is it that I really want to have happen at the end of the day? And then you got to figure out, okay, well, what am I actually doing? So this could be, you know, if you think about it nutrition-wise. So maybe the ideal is the, you know, the, my plate or the dietary guidelines. But to get to that point, you got to think, okay, well, where is my eating habit currently at? You know, am I going to fast food right. every day? What am I currently doing? And then you compare them and you see where there's the... the the mismatch or where you kind of have to step to and then you develop a plan slow and steady to make one small step at a time 
to move in that direction. Then you assess how you've done. And then you repeat it. And you right. make these slow, small steps to eventually get to whatever it is that your, your ideal is. And these are very personal goals. These are goals uh, that um, will ultimately not only just change your own personal life, but your experience was your mom shared that journey with you. So as you change in your life, other people around you may benefit as well. Absolutely. And, and the other people around are the ones that really help to support that mm-hmm. change. I mean, anybody who's tried to make a significant lifestyle change or behavior change without the support of the people closest to them has experienced the frustration and possibly the failure that comes with that because you got to have that support system around you to kind of help bring you up. So as you're making the change and somebody else comes along for the ride, you both win. And if you're making the change and you don't have that support, it's really trying to figure out how to get in a supportive situation. But what do you think is the biggest struggle that people face in getting started in making a lifestyle change? The, the biggest struggle, I think, is really being ready or not. If you are going to be making a change because someone else told you you have to, the doctor told you, you know, you've got high blood pressure, you really have to exercise, or your spouse is saying, you know, you're overweight, we got to change this. And that constant pushing isn't always productive. In fact, there was just a study released this week that said that. Like by telling somebody who's overweight that all these things that they need to do doesn't actually help make them more likely to do it. It's really got to come from the inside. So the hardest part of getting started is actually having it come from from oneself to say, okay, I'm ready to go and I'm going to start now. And maybe it's not, I'm going to start now. Maybe it's, okay, I'm going to start on Monday, I mean, that's right, I mean. Right, or right. in two weeks, whatever it is, but really creating that time that it's going to start and really trying to um, own it and really make those small steps right. instead of this big grand, I have to lose 50 pounds, I'm going to lose it by, you know, two, by the wedding in two months from now. Those overwhelming goals lead one to really get to the point where maybe they'll start, but it's really hard to stick with it. So, you know, you know that I'm all about thinking and what, how we talk to ourselves. And I, the my, link is what you the think, link right? Is what, yeah, you're <laughs> quoting my favorite yes. uh, Michael Mantelism. The link is what you think. Uh-huh. It sounds like what you're saying is the biggest struggle is having that little voice inside of you that says, yeah, I want to do it. I'm ready. I have the confidence. It's important for me. So what are some strategies that you suggest in overcoming the hurdles that people are facing? And I agree with you completely. It's that, it's that want and desire. And then the next step, once you've decided that, that's really, that you're committed to wanting to do this, is planning ahead to set yourself up for success. Now, planning ahead is, you know, includes... Setting out, you know, what if it's a if it's a dietary change, you know, what you're gonna have in your house and how you're gonna prepare your meals. But it's also planning for challenges and planning for barriers and thinking ahead of how you're gonna overcome those challenges and barriers before they even happen. Mm-hmm. So and you're you know, you're planning this great exercise program or you're planning out this great dietary plan and it maybe you know will go great for a couple of days but then the the, the, bar- the barriers become overwhelming the time crunch the not being able to get to the grocery store every week the other people and you know the kids and all their requirements and work gets crazy and whatever barrier can come up if you think about it ahead of time and you figure out what you're going to do when those things happen 
you're much more likely to be successful in making those small changes that you can stick with that eventually will lead to the big outcome you're looking for. Do you know the data that says that 3 to 5% of people actually keep weight off? So that, and I read a great statistic that says that means that 90 out of every 100 pounds that are lost in America are put back on. That's unbelievable. It is, it is unbelievable. It, it, it's unbelievable, but it also makes complete sense, right. you know, at the same time. It's not a diet. It's not a diet. It's absolutely 100% not a diet. We never use the word diet. No, it's it not has diet. A, diet has a very bad word in it. Right. No, right. <laughs> exactly. Die, right? Right. And we know they don't work. So how can someone maintain momentum for the long term to get across the goal line once they start this change program? The first step to take is to is 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 to identify that there's that there's a problem going on. So rather than just dropping off or or just not doing it anymore, to be able to stop and have that self reflection to say, okay, this isn't working for me right now, or or I don't have the time to do this, or I've just I've kind of fallen off the bandwagon. And then from there to think about, okay, what changes have I made so far, and where am I trying to go, and trying to, to reconcile that with, okay, I need to get back on track. And it's okay. That's part of the whole program, too. We all get off track. We're trying so hard to make a new behavior become the way that we live. And we fall back into the old ways. That's just the reality of behavior change. And the idea of this Kaizen is to come back and just make that small change. You and I both coach people in our practices. Um, I suspect... I, for myself, I have never sat down with somebody who's on a health journey, specifically weight, that has said to me, this is the first time I'm trying to lose weight. Right. People will always say, I have tried everything. That's why there are 10,000 diet books out there, because if one worked, we would have the answer. Right. We know from a large body of research that the most effective or one of the most effective ways to be able to make a, a successful change in the way we eat or activity is by recording what it is that we're currently doing. It's that notion of Kaizen. You got to know where you're currently at and food and activity logs are what tell you where you're at. And anybody who's worn a pedometer that tells mm-hmm. you the number of steps in your day is shocked when they the, initially when they have a pretty sedentary day where they're sitting around but they figured, oh, well, I get up to go to the bathroom. <laughs> right. They're shocked when they see how few steps we actually get in the day. Or people who actually take the time to do that food journal and write down everything that they're eating for a day are shocked by how many times they actually ate or the types of things they ate or the amount of food they ate without even realizing it over the course of the day. And the nutrition ones is especially funny, though, because we don't want to write it down, so we just don't eat it. It actually is a kind of a therapy in of itself. Yeah, right. I'm not going to eat it because I don't want to write it down. It's like a true reality. You know, it's the psychology of it, right? I mean, that's your area. Um, But it really is so important to to track what it is we're doing. But it is something that people don't really love doing. So there's a couple of ways to do it without um, having it be so laborious. Take pictures of what you eat. Mm-hmm. Use your right. smartphone. You just take one day, take a picture of what it is you're eating each time you're eating, each time you're drinking, and then at the end of the day, just flip through those pictures and really get a sense of what it is that you're eating. Even if you're not doing a big analysis on it, all that stuff, you get a, you get a feel for kind of where you're at. Dr. Natalie, you're the best. <laughs> That's why you're doing what you're doing for Ace. Thanks so much for joining us and helping to improve the lives of our listeners and future listeners as well. The American Council on Exercise is the largest NCCA-accredited 
nonprofit fitness certification organization in the world, providing quality fitness and health education, uh, just like you heard from Dr. Natalie today, to professionals literally around the globe. We empower people to live their most fit lives through our certified fitness and health professionals and the resources provided through podcasts like this, as well as articles, nutrition information, exercises that Natalie referred to that you can find on acefit.com. This podcast is one of several you can find on acefit.com's podcast page. You can get future podcast episodes there, subscribe to our podcasts, and share your favorites with your family, friends, and coworkers. I'm Dr. Michael Mantell, and I look forward to seeing you next time.